Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Welcome to episode two. I am excited to share a beautiful conversation I had with my friend Danielle. Um, She and I have worked together in the retail world um, for several years. We now no longer live near each other, so we're no longer working together, but we still enjoy um, challenging and thoughtful conversation. Danielle has always inspired me to think bigger and broader. And so at an opportunity to record a conversation with her was really exciting to me. And now I want to share that with you. Um, I hope you will walk away um, challenged, inspired, motivated, um, maybe see something um, within yourself that you didn't see before that can be truly um, beautiful and even healing to yourself. Um, Danielle is a pastor and a poet, and I'm going to let her go into a little bit more detail about who she is and what she's passionate about. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's Jess. Um, I'm really excited about um, the conversation that we're going to have today. Um, This conversation um, is going to tackle um, uh, the beauty between art and our spirituality and how those two um, do or don't connect with each other. Um, This isn't an area that I feel that I have a lot of... um, particular input in because I'm not just, I wouldn't consider myself an artist. Um, but I do have a thought on that feeling that I have about myself in that, that I will share, um, a little bit later. We'll come back to that. Um, but I would like to introduce you, um, to my guest today. Um, this is, um, Danielle Estelle Ramsey. Um, she is a pastor, a poet and, and an empath. She has been all of these things for as long as she can remember. She currently serves as the pastor of a rural United Methodist Church in Central Washington. In addition to her passion for church ministry, Danielle has been in the performance poetry or slam poetry scene for over a decade. She has toured and competed at venues throughout the country, representing several cities at the National Poetry Slam and a woman of the World Poetry Slam. Through a combination of these two passions, she has developed a great passion for spirituality as depicted and discovered through art. Um, so uh, Danielle is um, particularly important to me because she's my friend. So she's hey, not everybody. just somebody. <laughs> so welcome, Danielle. And um, 
I, I'm really excited about this because you and I have had so many conversations. Um, we used to work together in um, retail and, um, and we just would have on and off conversations throughout the day and just throughout just kind of life um, living in the same town near each other, which we don't now, which is such a bummer. Um, so, um, so I, I really want to get into, um, talking with you and hearing less of me and hearing more of you. Um, but I am really fascinated by, um, a couple of things you have with you today. (laughs) Um, one of them is the shirt you're wearing. Tell me what it says. It says girls can do anything. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, the mug that you're holding is one that I think I desperately want. Yeah, it says, uh, give me a refill. The patriarchy isn't going to fight itself. Yeah. So I'm all feminist out today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think um, I think it's going to be exciting to, uh, to bring this uh, part of you to um, the table um, in this conversation because I think it's um, part of what creates um, the art that you create. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the life that you have, have lived and are living. And, um, I just think, um, all of it just makes for a very full picture for you. Um, so, um, I would like us to, to answer, um, kind of this question of what if art and spirituality, um, not just existed together, but, um, that they weren't actually separate from each other. Um, mm-hmm. One of the to- one of the things that um, has crossed my mind. We actually had a conversation a little bit about this in a completely different um, uh, realm of conversation. But um, how th- how art for you specifically um, creates a spiritual connection for you? How it um, um, does or doesn't impact your um, understanding of God? Um, so I just would like to jump right in and um, and just kind of hear your thoughts or anything else that you want us to know about you too. If there's something um, that I missed in um, introducing you that you want to share right off the top too. Okay. Well, that is an excellent question. So yeah, I'm Danielle Estelle Ramsey and I have been doing this whole, both this whole ministry thing and this whole poetry thing for a long time in both formal and informal roles. Um, so I have uh, been a poet who just attends open mics. I have also been executive director of a town's poetry slam. So I have a pretty broad range in terms of experience, and that's where a lot of this comes from. Um, but I really do... I am really passionate about the idea that spirituality and art are not separate from each other and that they in fact are so linked together that they can't really be taken apart from that. And one thing, um, Jess, you and I had talked about a little bit are stories. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I'll just kind of start with the, the story of how I got into poetry slam um, because it's a strange thing. Most people haven't heard of it. It's a competitive style of doing poetry. So you actually enter competitions 
and you have three minutes to perform a poem and then you're judged by random strangers um, on a scale of zero to 10. It's a very odd art form that we actually- It it sounds absolutely terrifying to me. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. It's so fun. Um, And it's just very strange. So I think that um, my real- like foray into into poetry definitely started before I ever went to a poetry slam. Um, I'd always been a writer. I mean, I don't have a lot of childhood memories. So one of the advantages of that is I've been writing for as long as I can remember because I was writing when I was 10, you know. Um, but I started doing poetry slam when I was maybe 14 or 15. Uh, and it just came about because my church, the church I was attending at the time, someone at the church was putting on a poetry workshop and it was a multi-week course, um, that had all sorts of different facets of poetry, but one week they brought in a slam poet, um, and the slam poet kind of took things on that week and, um, performed some poems, helped us write some poems, and then said, hey, there's this thing you could come to if you liked this, um, and you could do some more of it. And so I I thought that sounded pretty cool. Uh, It was very strange, but also very captivating, uh, the way the words didn't need to rhyme, uh, but still sounded really good together. Um, And I started going to these poetry slams where people would put numbers on whiteboards after a person did a three minute poem. And it was just the strangest thing. And I went and I watched for several months and didn't talk to anyone or say anything. I was kind of a shy high schooler. Um, and there were no other high schoolers at these events. Uh, and then my very first slam that I ever competed in, uh, I went up and discovered that you should not write poetry in pencil if you're going to be under a spotlight because you will not be able to read it. <laughs> and so my first experience in slam was getting up and I eventually, I struggled through it. Uh, but I was so accepted by the community. And, you know, uh, I think one of the biggest ways for me, art and spirituality really match up. And what I've seen through Poetry Slam is, and I'll talk about this more probably, um, is the community dimension of art. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the thing that has been the most important in terms of expanding my horizons in terms of my spirituality and understanding spirituality is not just the, the art itself, but the community that performance poetry and slam poetry comes with. Uh, performance and slam poetry are most often um, a voice for the marginalized. So lots of queer people, um, women, people of color, uh, slam poetry really takes on those big topics. And so it's just this community of people who are often marginalized. And sometimes that is kind of our rallying point is we've all felt marginalization in Mm -hmm. some way. Um, and one of the most interesting things about kind of my role, uh, that has developed over the years, uh, into, I'm now known as the poet pastor, um, (laughs) many or most of these people have been rejected by the church at some point in their lives. 
Um, and whether that's because they're queer or because they're women who wanted to be in leadership, um, but many of them have been rejected by the church. And so uh, it's really interesting to me that I have found such deep and profound spirituality in a place where a lot of times what people kind of bond over is their rejection from their previous mm. spiritual communities. Um, and I think that there's a healing there because I think art does uh, transcend, it transcends kind of our normal boundaries. And so um, I have had all these experiences of walking into a room, um, a room where there's going to be poetry or there has been poetry going on and the space itself feels sacred. Um, mm. And, you know, there's, there's something that's really kind of impossible even for an artist to describe exactly what it is. It's very different than walking into a museum, although museums have their own kinds of spirituality. Um, but it's got an energy that kind of moves and it's kind of electric. And that's really where you can kind of reach out and feel the, the sacredness of it. Um, slam poetry is very participatory. Uh, so the audience is encouraged or sometimes expected even to be involved. Um, so whether that's through snapping, like you've probably seen in movies, mm -hmm. um, poetry slams, people snapping their fingers uh, at, a, at a poetry slam with scores, a traditional slam, uh, the audience is expected to cheer or boo for the judges, depending on how they feel about the score that was given to the poet. So if you give someone pretty much anything under an 8.0, you're probably going to get booed by the audience. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, that's just how it goes. But it's this, it's this community experience of art. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that uh, poetry, especially performance and slam poetry, has to offer the spiritual dimension um, is a, an immediate feeling of community. Uh, it's mm. much like it's much like a, a worship service. So when I was executive director of Spokane Poetry Slam, one of my jobs was hosting um, hosting poetry slams every other week. Um, I did that for about two years from 2017 to 2019. And um, all poetry slams have a specific format. Uh, in, in Spokane, it always starts by the host, whoever that is, walking up to the mic and yelling, who can? And then the audience all shouts back, Spokane. And <laughs> uh, we do that a couple of times. And it is very... Very, very much like a liturgical call to worship to me. Hmm. So this very strange feeling where all of these people who have never been to church or who have been kicked out of church or are, are really participating in something that is incredibly ritual based. Um, and I think that that's something that art offers us hmm. in structure and ritual and community and all of these other things that, um, Sometimes we feel like we need church to be able to find, and you can find those things in church, um, but it's really allowed me to expand my definition of, of where I can experience that and how I can experience mm. that and how I can be involved in it. Do you have any and, questions about Well, it, it makes me think, and who you can experience it with. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, because I think um, in my my church experience, it's it tends to be that church doors are often um, something we walk through and we leave something old behind, right? Mm-hmm. So something uh, about ourselves that we that no longer want to bring to the table or something that doesn't feel spiritual about ourselves or um, the past way that we've been. Um, even to the extent of saying that we live, we leave uh, a past life or a sinful life behind and we, we walk through these doors with anticipation of something um, new, something holy, something, you know, good um, as a change. Like there's that, there seems to be that, um, that movement that we have in um, with church. And I have found that we sometimes in that exchange, which isn't necessarily a bad exchange in and of itself, but sometimes in that we tend to all become a bit similar, you know, mm-hmm. once we're on the inside of those doors and we present as similar um, as we can, because we're aiming for so many of the same things. Right. And I, I have found that hearing story from people um, of who they are that have lives that are vastly different from me is quite a spiritual experience in and of itself. Um, oftentimes, you know, you feel it in goosebumps or you, um, you just are, are mesmerized by what, by what somebody else has gone through or overcome or, um, or inspired or challenged or all these different things that we get from somebody's story. That's not like our own. I, as you're explaining what, um, an event or a night or a evening of slam poetry was, I was thinking you guys probably walk in cause I haven't actually been to one. So, um, even the idea of audience participation makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I'm such an introvert when it comes to those things, but, um, but I so appreciate, um, everything you described. And I imagine that you all walk in, even the audience expecting to hear something that their soul connects with from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you probably haven't heard it before. It's going to be new. Um, it's going to be somebody else's experience, somebody else's insight, somebody else's uh, soul that you get to hear for a moment. And knowing that you're doing that would, I think would usher in with yourself a, a whole holiness of its own. Like I, like you said, a sacred ground, you know, you're walking into something. Each person's bringing a gift to the table in this moment and it's vulnerable. Um, and poetry to me, what I've experienced of it rarely isn't vulnerable. <laughs> it tends to be some aspect of our soul that we allow to come out in a certain form, um, a certain type of description or metaphor or, you know, um, brime or however that, you know, plays out. Um, but it's the, the way that you made this kind of, kind of this, um, almost comparison of the liturgy of it, the practice of it, the anticipation of it. There are so many similarities with one, I think, huge difference. And that's that each one of you speak each one of you bring um, some part of your soul to the table um, in a way that I don't think I have necessarily really experienced in a church setting. 
Um, it tends to be somebody else telling me, um, something, you know, which there's a place for that as well. But I, I, th- I think that it must feel very equal walking into that space. It does. And I would say I learned that more as, um, host and facilitator than I did probably as a participant. I appreciated it more as I became the host. Um, and as I got to facilitate that experience for other people, um, everyone has their three minutes and they get to say whatever they want. And there are, there are ground rules. Um, there, you know, one of the things that I always said is there's such a thing as artistic responsibility. So we don't censor for content, but if you say something that, I mean, I literally would say, if you say something that makes you look like a dick, I'm going to point at you and say, Hey, there's a dick. And then everyone would like shout the word dick loudly. And it never (laughs) happened, right? It never happened. I never had to do that. Um, So of course there are ground rules of respect and, um, all of those other things in a community like that. But it, it was such, uh, it is such an equal place, which is so funny because it's technically a competition, mm. uh, which I think is just very interesting. Um, and uh, it's just a very odd format, but it really becomes this kind of community and it, it becomes this, place where everyone has a voice and everyone gets to speak and you get your turn on the microphone and then someone else gets their turn on the Mm. microphone and um and hopefully uh you can find something to to connect with another part of my job um was writing recaps like posts for social media after the slam Um, And I would try, especially for our winners, to make sure that I had a line from each poem. Um, So I'd be kind of taking notes throughout the show. And it really made me feel like, even though this is someone else's story, there is a way I can connect with it pretty Mm -hmm. much every single time. Uh, And I think that's what art does. Art art takes um, something that my story and kind of makes it almost our story like it it it, it's a transition from me to we you know it's still it's still yours it's still your story and it's still yours to claim and to speak but in that offering of it right um Mm -hmm. offering it to the community basically um you're offering it as a lens for them to understand things too, so that they can see things the way you do. And I think that's why it, it slam poetry became so readily and easily um, a voice for people who've been marginalized um, mm. is a good equalizer. And it, it is a place of um, that challenges privilege, which allows everyone's voices to to rise to the top um, and to really have a space that's not dominated by any one person, um, but is kind of uh, collectively driven and collectively experienced. Um, so I, I think you're right. That is, especially because now my, my main position is as a worship leader, 
um, in a more traditional, in a very traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, you know, the pastor who gets up and does the the sermon every Sunday. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, the parallels and also the differences. And um, fortunately, uh, one of the, you know, advantages of a small congregation like I have is we have like a sharing time where there's a mic and everyone can speak during like prayers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really important, uh, but is only possible in certain, in certain settings. Um, of course, you can't have that in a giant mega church setting. Um, but in a church of 35 people, you, you definitely can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the, the less centralized power is in any kind of spiritual setting, the better, the better things are. Mm. Um, so having a leader is important, um, but one thing I've realized through leading a poetry slam is that leadership is very collective, and even that is uh, a spiritual experience, is mm. sharing of power and sharing of leadership roles, and uh, poetry is really what taught me that. Well, and it sounds like in that atmosphere too, you gave responsibility to each person that was there to be part of that leadership in being responsible with their content, being responsible with their time. You have three minutes being responsible with their audience. And, um, and that is shared leadership. That's ownership. You know, they have that, um, that's space to participate in, something that could be really good um, versus something run amok, you know? Right. Um, right. So I'm curious, we've, we've talked a bit about this, um, this particular form of art, um, of poetry, um, which I think you could probably put a lot of other forms of poetry in that same conversation and have sure. very similar um, outcomes as far as um, the experience. Um but I'm, I'm really curious, um, outside of the kind of this community connection, this community spirituality around um, poetry, what was it for you individually? What you, you shared um, kind of the journey of how you got there, but what was it that art has done for you specifically? Um, was it a way for you to communicate something about yourself that needed to be communicated? Or was it a way for you to connect with thought and idea that you may not have had words for had you not used that form to create the words for? I'm putting, I mean, I'm just throwing things out there. I don't know what your answer is so that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not uh, setting you up for it. But, but I'm really curious for you specifically, um, what art, what poetry, what other things that you would consider art in your life, um, did for you in relationship to your spiritual um, life? That is an excellent question. Um, so it's so funny because like when I think about, even though like, you know, I brought up this topic of art, like when I hear the word artist, I don't think, oh, I'm an artist, you know, mm, yeah. um, like that, even though I am, you know, and poetry is art and I don't have a hard time saying that I'm a poet. Um, but I, 
poetry came into my life in a time that was incredibly turbulent. Um, I had a lot of mental health issues around that time in my life. And I had a lot of social issues too. Mm. Um, so just issues, uh, making friends, issues in interpersonal relationships. And what poetry really did for me was allow me to kind of take everything apart and then put it back together in, in mm. a understand it. Right. Um, so the idea of using very like visceral language to describe things, um, or using very physical language to describe an experience. Um, I'm trying to think of an example I might have in, in my poetry, but, uh, what poetry really did for me was allow me an avenue to express myself and who I was, because I think a lot of the turmoil I felt, um, in addition to having some legitimate mental health issues, um, was I just felt misunderstood, um, mm. which I think a lot of us feel even as adults. I mean, yeah. joke about the misunderstood teenager, but most of the angst we experience in life comes from feeling like, in some way, someone doesn't understand us. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not a whiny, poor me thing. Like it's, it's legitimately difficult to understand the experience of another person. And I and think sometimes even to understand the experience of yourself, of like, yourself, like we don't always have the words for it. We just know it feels like something and we're trying to figure out how to communicate, how to articulate that experience. One of the things I write the most about is mental illness and mental health. Um, so I share this a lot, but I have bipolar disorder um, and uh, ADHD and um, have just experienced a lot of like pain and suffering because of that, mm. um, especially from the depressive episodes that I've had in my life. And that is definitely, I was in the process of getting diagnosed um, with bipolar disorder when I found slam poetry. Hmm. Um, and it really allowed me a place and not just a community, but a way, like an actual format hmm. uh, to talk about it and to express it. And, um, you know, I, I have a poem, um, called diagnostic criteria and it's you know it's about that experience but um one thing I talk about for instance is like after getting the medication like I had the experience of not being uh, a forest fire right because that's how I felt before mm. um, but I still feel you know I think the last line is you will never be a forest fire again but warmth will still come from inside you you will be less like a storm and more like a paper airplane, fragile, but still flying. Mm -hmm. um, and so it gave me a way to talk about what I was experiencing um, that wasn't just, I'm sad, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, because that's like, that's all I felt like I could say is I'm just sad and I just cry all the time. Um, and it, it gave me a way to talk about it and it gave it, it almost gave it meaning, right. Um, mm. as, uh, 
I was able to make something out of it. Purpose. Yeah, purpose. And it's not to say it had to happen or anything like that. Um, But it it really allowed me uh, to express that in a way that felt meaningful. And over the years, as I've written various poems about mental illness, and it tends to be something I perform a lot, um, I have had lots of people come up to me and connect with me and say, you know, I have depression and, Mm. you know, the way that you said that resonated with me. And that makes it feel like, you know, maybe it was worth it. Um, And maybe what I went through and, you know, dealing with something like depression is itself a very spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think Uh, not necessarily one that is great or fun, um, but one that you can look at through a spiritual lens. And I think having the kind of vehicle of poetry to take all of these things apart and then put them back together really allowed me to like talk even with God. Right. Right. Um, and, and pray kind of like, like the Psalms do, you know, I, I think about the Psalms a lot and, um, like that's what the psalmists were doing is taking their experience apart and reconstructing it in a way that was beautiful and something that could actually be used for the community, um, but in a way that was very profoundly honest with God as well. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of the most unique things about the Psalms is in the Old Testament, pretty much with the exception of the Psalms, the Israelites didn't have a concept of an intimate relationship with God, mm-hmm. um, like a one-on-one kind of relationship with God that we think of. But the psalmists really did, um, or... the way they express things is very intimate and um you know psalm 40 says it's um i waited patiently for the lord he inclined and heard my cry so it tells the story of what's happened in the past which is good um i have in the past waited for the lord and the lord has heard me but then later in verse 13 it said be pleased, my God, to come save me now, you know, come quickly to rescue me. So now I am still, I still need to be rescued. I know you came before, but I need you now. Um, and it's kind of that, like poetry allows us to pray in a unique way instead of just saying, I'm sad, help me. Um, it allows you to actually kind of give shape and meaning mm. to your pain. Uh, and that's, and that's honestly, I think the thing that drew me in the most, um, I think that there are are lots of really awesome poems about just happiness and things out there. And I think poetry that's all dark and depressing is, you know, and it's not without merit. Um, but I think a balance like the psalmist in Psalm 40, where they have both, um, here are the good things that have happened in the past, but troubles without numbers surround me right now, mm. you know? Um, and I think I saw in poetry a way to have that balance, a way to have both, um, a way to say, you know, I know the good that's happened in the past, but I don't see it right now, mm-hmm. you know, where I want to see it again. Um, and so personally, 
that is the thing that poetry has been most important to me for has been to make sense of my mm. experience of life. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, on an individual level, um, to, to tell my story, uh, and to have a way that makes some of the really less pleasant parts feel more purposeful, um, because I can use it to make something beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, I, so many thoughts go through my head as you talk. Um, and when you, when you recited, um, a part of your poetry, I'm sitting there going, you're just explained why you wrote that piece. And yet I haven't necessarily experienced what you did that caused you to write that, but I have my own experience and I walk away from that going, Whoa, I just felt some, like I, these words got put to something that I feel right. Mm -hmm. So it might be yours coming from something of your pain or your frustration or your trial or your difficulty in life, but it resonates with mine that is vastly different than yours. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that that's the beautiful part about, um, those who do offer, uh, their art to the world is the is that opportunity to be able to let other people um, who might not write a poem, but you just put words to something I was feeling too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gift. Um, and I think that what you were saying about um, about the psalmist, um, it made me it made me consider, you know, in my in my own work through uh, uh, mental health on its own level, um, it, it made me think that sometimes you feel both ends of the spectrum at the same time. And you're like, how in the world is this possible that I can feel elation and depression all at the same time? Like how, how do those two coexist? And what you're describing that the psalmist did and what you're able to do with poetry is really give both of those the value that they have and that they both deserve a seat at that in that space at the same time that it's okay. And we're just, uh, we're navigating how those two coexist together makes me think about, and I'll forget, I have already forgotten the name of, um, the animation. Um, but there was a movie that came out, um, where it's a whole storyline inside someone's head. And so all the emotions were different characters. Oh, inside out. Yes. And, um, animated. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and I remember watching that going, Oh my goodness, I wish they had created this when my kids were little to help understand all these different feelings that we have going on. And, but the beautiful part about that, and I think you're in essence saying here too, is that all of these have a valid space. They're not a bad feeling. They're not a bad emotion. Um, they they all have their purpose. They all have their strength. They all have their weakness too. But sometimes just being able to articulate and express that is half of getting through it and understanding how that operates, how that benefits my life or benefits somebody else's life. That, like you said, depression can be a very spiritual experience. Um, how we navigate through that, how we, what we do with that um, spiritual experience is a whole thing. Like it's, it's, but it doesn't mean that, um, I mean, I grew up with the understanding that depression was just bad. 
It's just bad. Right. Like, and it's, I hate that word. (laughs) Bad is just such a bad word. (laughs) It it has, it has, it has no real um, benefit to solving um, or walking through um, a difficult experience. And, um, and so when you grow up being told, put on your happy face and um, don't be sad and uh, don't be depressed or so-and-so in the family is a depressed person. And it's a very negative, you know, idea in the family um, versus being able to actually learn something like you did a structure to something that gives you this way through it all um, to be able to express something and actually get to the other side of it. Um, I think, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I, I personally could, I mean, I think I wrote one poem on my whole life and it was in response to a poem written to me as an asking to a dance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it it was, it was a, it was a sweet experience, but it was (laughs) no claims to fame or it didn't help me with anything other than I went to the dance, but, uh, (laughs) but, um, but it just, you know, my, my husband um, writes uh, poetry. He loves to write poetry in terms of thinking of writing it as songs. Um, his siblings are the same way. And it's such a hard idea for me to wrap my head around because I'm just not wired that way. But I do have other ways that I express myself. And this is kind of coming back to what I had said in the beginning, that I don't see myself as an artist. But we had talked earlier about this idea of how um, art connects with who God is. And we had talked about um, one of the, the first things that God ever did was create, right? Mm-hmm. And, and wherever you land on the creation story and how and when and all of those um, things in there, we do know that somewhere all of this was created, right? And, and so something came from nothing and that's creation. That's a process of, of, of moving something from thought into reality. Right. And so I think about, okay, so if that is creation and ultimately that is what art is, is creating something um, from an idea or a concept into something that's real and tangible, whether it's something we hear like a poem or read like a poem, or it's something we see like art on a wall, or it's um, right now watching people in this environment that we're in with um, COVID-19, people are creating um, things, innovations um, to help with the disease in ways that they had never done before. They'd never thought about making a mask before. And all of a sudden they've re formatted their whole warehouse into being able to create from one thing into now something completely different. Um, that's art. And it is, it yeah. really is. And, um, and sometimes I think we have this idea that art is simply this, um, this thing that happens in school that we shouldn't be paying for <laughs> this, right. uh, this, this extra, like the fluff on life. Right. And, um, when actually it's really what got us to all of the innovations that we have, we're people thinking outside of the box, thinking differently, solving problems, um, putting, uh, thought into reality 
And um, so I had to, after our conversation, I thought, what do I create? You know, what is it that I personally create? And it's been a really, I'm not sure what I, if I have answers for that question yet, but I thought this is, this is a really good way for me to see myself in a different light is to, um, to look at the things that I create where I take thought and bring it into reality. Um, you know, what if it's a business idea? What if it's a, um, a process that doesn't exist at work? Um, that needs needs to exist, um, to make something now work that wasn't working before. Um, you know, we're all wired a little differently, but being able to connect with art is for me is answering that question. What do I create? Um, and seeing, um, seeing then all of these things that you just talked about as a way of, um, connecting more, more on a spiritual level with what I create. So it's like a, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a personal challenge to myself to, um, to find those things. I, because I'm not just wired, I cannot draw a stick figure to save my life. Um, right. Me neither. I could barely play hangman as a kid. Like that. It's just not like, I can't make what I see in my head and put it to paper. Like I, in terms of drawing, um, now I love to write, but I couldn't do poetry to save my life. <laughs> like I told you. Um, so in all of that, what would, what would you feel like um, if you could encourage people in connecting, um, connecting with their artistic side, their creation side um, and allowing it to become a more spiritual experience than just a task list or just a, solve a problem or just, um, maybe some of those other avenues that people like me fit in, what would you, what would you offer them in, um, and being able to move forward in a different kind of experience? So that's a great question. I think a lot of it is just kind of reframing the way we think about what we do. So, um, it's not even necessarily about doing something different or, you know, you don't have to pick up, you know, poetry writing as your new hobby to be artistic, right? Chances are you already do something in your life that is creating. Um, And so I think it's more about, like, I think even just asking the questions that you have been asking yourself, what do I create? And once you find what the answer to that is, um, even just giving a little bit of a, like, like a nod to that and just Mm -hmm. like being, being proud of that um, is a connection to your artistic side. Because, um, you know, if what God did was create, then I think God probably created us to create also, Mm -hmm. which means all do it. I mean, if you're a parent, parenting is an incredibly creative process Mm. um you know uh figuring out the the different ways your kids work and their minds work and I mean even being in relationship with other people is an artistic venture because everyone is so different and we have to come up with ways of communicating with each other that are different based on who you're interacting with and Mm. so 
it's not even necessarily about doing something different, but it's about thinking about what you already do differently. Mm. Um, and seeing that there's a possibility, a strong possibility that you're already incredibly creative in whatever it is you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think about even when we used to work in retail, how like there was a process we followed, you know, mm-hmm. but we always said, make sure your personality is in it. And the reason for that is because your own creativity has to come through because that's what connects with other people. Yeah. So I would just encourage people to, to think about what they already do and what brings them joy. Because mm-hmm. I think that the things that, bring you the most joy are probably where your creativity is at. Oh, uh, that's good. You know, and, and to honor those things and to, and to just reframe those things and just see them as creative. And then, and then you start to slowly think of yourself as creative. Um, I remember when I, I had, you know, written poetry for a long, long time and I started writing fiction and I was like, I am not a fiction. <laughs> I do not know how to do this. Like, what even is this? But the more I did it and the more I honored it as an artistic space, the more I was like, oh, no, like writing fiction is a thing I do. And it's a creative enterprise, uh, just like, you know, just like poetry is. And so the it sounds kind of weird, but the more you do what you already like, the more you can honor that creator, if that mm. makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, you you brought up a good point without actually saying the word, but intention that mm-hmm. we put... Um, intentionality is the word that came to my mind when you first asked. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That we uh, we sit with it, we contemplate it, we give it space in our life. Um that it has value um, and being able to say that if it has value, if it has, um, it brings me joy and it deserves space in my life, then it's very likely that, um, that I need to be doing this thing more, have more of it in my life. Um, and then from there, we can begin to maybe see um, how we offer it to the world um, maybe it is right. in actually creating a product, you know, a painting or a, a thing. Um, maybe it's in voice. Um, maybe it's in innovation. Um, maybe it's in ways I, I can't even think of right now, but, but there's a way for the world to, um, experience that, um, creation, that creative process, that, that artistic space that you've, you've given it. Um, I imagine because I don't come from a, uh, what I would consider an artistic family. It wasn't something of like a value that was placed in our home. We were we had strong work ethic and other things that were talked about more. Spirituality was a big one. Um, but in terms of it, of art and in terms of, um, you know, a talent in that way, it wasn't really talked about. So um, I also wonder if the other thing, and I, I say this because I think it's something I probably need, is exposing myself to things that might be a little uncomfortable, not for the sake of me doing them, but for me to just show up at a poetry slam would be highly uncomfortable um, because it's not my world in terms of 
I, I don't write poetry. I don't sit and read poetry regularly. Um, I, I, oh gosh, even just being an audience member where I have to participate, that's just not my thing, you know, but what it would open up and allow space for in my life could be really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, broadening, broadening your experience of intaking mm -hmm. of what, what kind of art you, uh, consume is the wrong word, mm -hmm. but, um, what kind of art you're exposed to, I think opens up more, more avenues as well. So, mm -hmm, I uh, and I imagine, um, as it did you, as you walked into, um, this world of poetry, but, um, it exposes you to people you wouldn't necessarily, um, maybe know just on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. People, uh, people, uh, you know, my, you know, strongest community or people I would never know if not for slam poetry. And they are, you know, all sorts of different professions and religions and genders and, um, and we've rallied around this weird niche art form, you know, mm -hmm. and it just shows me that that kind of connection is possible everywhere, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's, it's really cool. The, the potential I see in the world, uh, because of that. My husband often has used this analogy of, um, understanding, um, who God is as like looking at a diamond and there's a different uh, cut and facet all throughout. So no matter how you turn the diamond, you see something different, lights refracted differently. Um, that side of the diamond is shaped a little differently. But if we never turn the diamond, we only see one side. We, only, we get a very one-dimensional experience of what that diamond's brilliance actually is. And this makes me think of how we interact with art, but also how we interact with humanity. That if we, if we spend all this time looking at one side of this diamond, we, are, we have partial brilliance. We have partial um, idea, uh, experience of who God is. So every time we, we interact with uh, a different art form or we interact with a different uh, group of people, um, maybe because of like me going to a poetry slam would introduce me to people that I'm not just rubbing shoulders with every day, but I get to, I get exposed to another side of who God is and maybe even a perspective that somebody else has of God that I haven't ever entertained because I've been so busy looking at one side of this diamond. Um, right. And I think that when we listen to other people's stories through through poetry, through other gifts, through um, relationship. Um, that's where we get this fuller spiritual experience with God. Um, because if we, if we actually, what if, <laughs> what if we actually believed that God was in us? How would we then interact with uh, someone that's vastly different from us? Mm -hmm. um, in thought, in lifestyle, in um, economics, in all kinds of things, in location, in the world. Wow, if we, if we reverenced that humanity, 
um, and listen to their art in terms of God or, you know, moving through them, God in them, it would be a very, I think, a very spiritual experience of our understanding of God. Oh, absolutely. Um, I So, for instance, I do not use gendered pronouns when I refer to God um, at all anymore. And that started in seminary um, because I had some professors who modeled that. And I think, you know, the notion of God as father and God as he has its own beauty and importance. But I really came to understand not only God as feminine, but God as genderless also um, through my experience with poetry um, and my experience of my friend's experience of God. And I realized that my understanding of a gendered God for me was too small Um, Mm. and uh, that God was bigger than that. And um, so that's just a small example of a way that my understanding of who God is has not just changed, but has been, I think, expanded. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just that it's different. It's bigger, which is bigger, exciting, you know, um, and is expanded and has more possibilities in terms of how I can relate to God and how God can relate to me and who they are. And Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the more I meet people who aren't like me, the bigger my understanding of God gets. And that Mm, has been since I was 14, you know? Um, So it's always been that way. I think that's very true. Well, I think that my experience of who God is has expanded by knowing you. In our time working together, you modeled um, beautiful things, um, but you you showed me um, you showed me creativity. I remember that that day at work. I was I can't, I think I came to you or or you were doing working on something. I don't even remember what it's called. This is how like illiterate to poetry I am but where that that type of poetry where you black out um existing text okay okay see I wasn't that far off um and I came to you and I'm like I'm seeing this all over the place what is this Danielle (laughs) and you explained it to me and I was like oh my gosh now every time I see it there's this this beauty in it like there I Mm -hmm. I see what they were trying to have me see right and um and I think that that uh just you sharing your life with me on a daily basis, who you were, your life struggles, your journey, um, opened up how I see God, um, how I experience God, um, helps to redefine my spirituality. Um, so I, I just feel like that's a gift to know you. And I feel like anybody who has that opportunity to have a relationship with you is being given a gift. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, thank you for not holding back who you are, um, because that's exactly what grew me. Um, had you held back all those parts of, of you, um, my expansion of spirituality wouldn't be what it is. So, um, so thank you. Thank you for being true to who you are and having the voice that you do, um, and sharing life with people the way that you do. There is not a person that I have seen walk into your life that you have not loved deeply. Um, 
and it didn't matter who they were, where they came from, um, whether they identified with a gender or not. Like it was, it was just open arms. Um, and you've done that for my children as well, which is beautiful. <laughs> it's full circle that way too. But, um, but I think to, to know a human like you is a gift. And if that, uh, you know, becomes as a result of really tapping into poetry and art, yay, I'll read more poetry. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I just, I, I think that it's a, a special space to know you. Um, so as we wrap up, um, I just, I want to just give you an opportunity to, um, to share, uh, any last thing, um, that, uh, that you feel like you want to say regarding this topic. Um, but I would also like to know, um, in all of this, um, have you had a particular role model, um, that, in maybe it's been in art, maybe it hasn't been, um, that has continued to move you through that journey of, um, spirituality for yourself? That is a great question. Um, I think I've said kind of my piece, um, consume art. It's amazing. Um, you know, that's what I would say to everyone is, uh, don't be afraid to open a book of poetry. Um, it's not going to bite you. Uh, I have been so lucky to have had several, um, I would call them mentors in, in SLAM, um, and kind of the, the generation that has gone before me, um, and who those people are have shifted over time. Um, a kind of public figure that I look to that I encourage everyone to look up is named Andrea Gibson. Um, they are a performance poet, a slam poet, and um, very profound. Um, but I also have had lots of um, leaders in my local scenes in uh, when I lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then in Spokane as well. So um, what they have helped me do is see that I should keep going. Um, I've had coaches I have had, and what most of my coaches have done is make me perform a lot and mm. make me write a lot, you know, um, and make me continue to, to do what for me is my art. Um, and so find the people in your lives to encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. Um, and that, that those are your, those are your mentors and those are, those are the people um, to be drawn to. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing Thanks all for of this with me. us. Yeah. And I have a feeling you and I will find uh, more topics that we can talk on because we like to do that. Um, but I just really appreciate this one. I've grown from this conversation and I'm looking forward to other people being inspired and growing and, uh, you know, maybe finding their creative processes in their own life um, as a result of listening to this. Um, so thank you. Um, so until uh, until next time. All right. Check Later. Bye. Thank you for listening. And may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you. 
I believe stories matter. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I want to share stories from women all over the world with you. I want you to be inspired, encouraged, motivated, challenged. I want you to tell your story too. If you'd like to hear more about my story, you can visit my website, jessicatravis.com. I've shared a great deal of it in my blog, as well as in my shared podcast with my husband called Sacred Spaces. Both of those can be found at my website. You can also follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. Thank you.